want to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives to share their top tips for success with you. Uh, my name is Adam Torres, and you can find me on Instagram at, at AskAdamTorres. Uh, really excited today to have Arminda Mindy Figueroa on the line. Uh, Mindy is the uh, she is the president and CEO and founder of Latin to Latin Marketing and Communications. Uh, Mindy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. Nice to be in your show. I'm very, very excited to talk about a topic that is very, very close to my heart, and uh, and I'm excited about it. Thank you. So I, um, well, first of all, congratulations. I mean, I looked at your bio. I looked at what you're doing. 100% minority-owned business, celebrating uh, 12 years in business. Um, congrats on that. I'll start out by saying. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, um, and your background. And the background in marketing and branding, all the things that you do for your clients, we're going to definitely um, get into that. But before we do that, I want to know, for the, I told you, I mentioned you have a lot of younger entrepreneurs that listen to this show. Um, let's just start with your background in entrepreneurship. How did you get into it? I will say that I started when I was about uh, eight or nine years old. Uh, my grandparents have a gas station in a uh, uh, city in Puerto Rico where I'm from. And I used to go right after school and uh, help them pump a gas. Uh, they have a gas station, and I loved servicing the people, uh, getting uh, paid and taking it over to my grandmother where she was uh, using one of those old registers to, to uh, manage the money of the family. So that's how it started. And then subsequently did a couple of other things from selling candy uh, to, my, to my neighbors uh, to selling all kinds of uh, – different other, uh, you know, from Amway to to Avon, et cetera. And then um, finally when I was in college, I I started uh, I started a, a small little boutique uh, for my college uh, friends and uh, at home. And they came and I went to New York City, brought uh, brands and, and nice uh, clothing that they didn't have access to on the island. And that was a hit for four years. That's what I did, what I was doing, going to college. And then fast wow. forward later, uh, you know, I, I decided to finally go on my own after having some some experience in corporate America in New York City, and and uh, the, the rest is story. Twelve years later, I'm I'm still I'm still hanging here, a Latin to Latin marketing. <laughs> wow, um, what a what a story. So um, it looks like you transitioned to uh, multiple different uh, niches from clothes to, and then what, what would you say, and you work with, I don't ask everyone this question, but you work with a lot of businesses and sometimes people have, you know, they have, they grew up, their parents were entrepreneurs. Do you think it's possible for someone who didn't grow up in that environment to still be a pretty strong entrepreneur? I personally think that it's a combination of your environment and it's a combination of what you want to do and what is your driver from within, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but there's sort of there's several things or you know structure that anyone can learn to be an entrepreneur. But there's nothing out there that I've seen yet, uh, in my my experience, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, it's kind of a, a book that walks you uh, what to do as an entrepreneur, right? So they are mm -hmm. uh, they are collections of experiences and processes and things like that that you should do but there's nothing you have to figure it out i mean every day is different every day you have to make decisions that you never thought that you have to make before uh, so an entrepreneur I, I still haven't found a 
the cliff notes of uh, how to become an entrepreneur of an entrepreneur. It has to a combination of, uh, of you having the drive to do what you love and sticking to it and making it happen. No, and I agree. I couldn't agree with you more because sometimes I hear somebody or, you know, I'll get like an email in or something of that nature, and it's talking about, you know, well, my parents weren't entrepreneurs, so that what, what does that mean for me? Like I didn't grow up in that environment. And so I, I always just like to remind, remind our listeners that, you know, you have – to me, especially nowadays with this whole gig economy and with the idea of how many revenue streams you can have, and uh, it's just the model of making money and and surviving, or more importantly, thriving, has just changed. So. I look at us all as, as should be entrepreneurs, in my opinion, whether you're working full-time for someone and doing something on the side. I mean, you mentioned you had a couple of things that were possibly also on the side. Um, so I, I think there's opportunity for everyone there. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to react to that. I think that if you want to test the waters of uh, because you're driven by an idea and you feel that you're going to be good at it, that's uh, testing it on the side sometimes is the less risk way to know if you're going to be successful or not. Uh, I always say that, you know, as an entrepreneur, anybody starting a new idea, et cetera, you have to have the stomach to endure and to deal with uh, tough decisions and challenges that you're going to have. Sometimes you're not going to get paid six months later or a year later. You better have your finances in check and you better have, uh, you know, ways to sustain yourself during that time. Uh, other times you're going to have to ask uh, your friends to, to, or you have to convince them uh, to invest in you, and that takes trust and 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 uh, and that's something that and charisma to sell your vision, what you have, and make it happen. Because if not, you lose faith in front of those friends and family members that may be able to help you. No, that's 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 all great, all great advice. Um, let's transition a little bit. I want to I want to talk more about um, your current business, um, Latin to Latin marketing. Exactly what you do for your clients. Um, let's start there. Absolutely, we are a marketing and engagement solutions uh, agency. We consult for our clients, crafting the strategy of how they want to connect their businesses or services to the Latino market. And vice versa, we consult with the Latino businesses that want to transfer or sell their businesses to non-Latinos. So it's kind of a crossover, right? Um, and uh, we do it in a very um, systematic way, pragmatic way. We go in there. We use data, of course. We also come up with uh, true and and uh, proven um, method, methods to go to the market. And, and we're very fast. We're very nimble. We're, hum- we're also... Uh, you know, small operation or boutique operation, so we can go into a market rather quickly. Uh, most of the time, uh, we do it within, you know, two to three weeks, depending on, on what kind of service or product or we're dealing with. Um, but we're always looking at – the difference here is that we're always looking for the eye on ROI. What is this um, strategy that is going to turn into the tactic that, tactic that we're going to make it happen? How fast is going to – yield the ROI, and how fast is going to create a relationship with the desired market that is going to be meaningful for both sides of the question. So we're looking at balancing act that we're not there just for the money, but we're there to create a long-term relationship with that product or service. 
Can, can you talk a little bit more about the Latin market? Would you argue that there's some differences um, to the to the overall market? Like, what what what's your feel overall? Because I know I know people that have have tried have attempted um, unsuccessfully to uh, market to to that uh, market, and I know some that have been very successful. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like anything, you know, uh, I always compare this to dating. You know, when you date someone, you are going to learn about their hopes their fears, uh, what what goals and objectives they have in their life, and so forth. So we have to approach it in that same humanitarian way with the Latino market or with any other niche market, right? So we need to understand what are the drivers, what is the way, best way to communicate, and we have to understand the history. Once we know that, because we're looking from a very humanistic point of view, then we can really grasp a strategy of how we're going to marry that person, right? Why we want to marry that person. So I always use that analogy because people tend to make things more complicated than they are in terms of targeting the Latino market. And it's just human beings. So human beings trying to connect with other human beings and also identifying the particular needs and the drivers or pain points that that um, audience is going to have in order to uh, get the goods and the needs and the services they need. We have focused on the healthcare. That, uh, my agency, in particular, we're focused in the, uh, healthcare, and education, and higher education spectrum, and that's two niches that we are very keen about it because you're really making a difference in the, in people's lives. So when you are marketing healthcare to a Latino, you have to understand that that person may not have all the information at their fingertips in order to understand the condition and that healthcare issues or conditions are very emotional. So if we know all of those things in advance, we're, able, we're going to be able to craft an engagement solution that is going to really uh, tap into that individual. We're going to engage them, and they're going to understand that that product or service or that hospital or that uh, medical firm or that medical uh, or that clinic are going, are, are have their best interest to make sure that that person gets cured at the end or gets treated, right? So, no, yes, their yeah. so their, their uniqueness uh, in terms of approaching um, the Latino market, but it's all based on human condition and, and understanding, uh, you know, what are their, their needs so that you can match with the services and products that you want to connect with. Mm. And would you say that, like, cultural sensitivity and kind of different angles, like that plays a big part in it? Absolutely. I mean, um you know, we have to understand the history. I mean, we, that's where we breathe and live every day. We are uh, students, uh, curious students of the of this of this niche market. Not only the Latino market, but also African American, LGBT community, Asian American. So we are understanding what are the drivers and how uh, and to make sure that we don't make any mistakes by saying the wrong thing. I mean, because I'm Puerto Rican, but maybe another person is Mexican, we may have unifying, um, uh, unifying uh, you know, element, which might be the language, it may be the fact that we're Latinos, but uh, the experience that that Mexican person has, has had versus a Puerto Rican person is very different, and we have to understand that journey and to avoid any particular uh, miscommunication that may be misinterpreted, and then you are not able to then transact with that individual. 
Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here laughing, biting my tongue because I wanted to finish you to finish saying your statement, but you just summed up my whole life. My dad's from Puerto Rico and my mom's of Mexican descent, so, so I get it. You go to I go to one family's house, it's one thing, the other one we already know, completely different. But there I you love go, my Puerto Rican rice, and I love my carne asada too. Go figure. Oh my God, that's so great. That's a great thing to know. Actually, you know, it's funny. We work with uh, PBS Kids and Scholastic mm-hmm. about 14 years ago when we launched we launched uh, the um, a TV show for little kids, and it was called Maya and Miguel, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a cartoon show about uh, two uh, two siblings. You know, they were they were twins, and uh, their parents, uh, their father was Puerto Rican and their mother was Mexican. And that was exactly what the intent of the show on PBS was to showcase. Oh, my gosh. There's a cartoon about me. What? <laughs> yeah, you better watch it. You better watch it. It's really, it's really great. The, things, the things I learned on this podcast, I, ho- I hope the listeners get as much fun out of this as I do because I learn something new every day. Oh, there man, you go. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, could you talk a little bit more? So let, let's say that somebody's listening right now and they're like, okay, I get it. Or maybe they even heard somebody say, you know, in their crossing or path or saying, you know, the Latino market is something they should be thinking about, but they haven't really put any time or thought in it because to them it may be just another thing. Um, what would be your thought? What would you tell them if somebody came to you and they're like, hey, should I be? And I know that's a broad question depending on the product. But let's just assume mm-hmm. that the product does could have legs in that market. Um, what would what would your argument be for why they maybe should do some spend in that area? You know, of course, everything is going to be. Um, you know, de- it all depends, right? That, that word mm-hmm. is uh, it's important to be considered. But whoever is in in the USA and is not mm-hmm. thinking about uh, the Latino market as a consumer, uh, it's missing the boat. Uh, they're probably hiding their head in the sand because, uh, you know, to avoid uh, one of the fastest growing segments in the entire country, um, you know, they're not, they're not keeping up with the news and, and the trends and what's happening over there. The Hispanic market right now alone in purchasing power is going to reach $2, million, $2 billion. I'm sorry. Two, two, I'm sorry. Let me say. Gosh, now I'm confused. Uh, I think it's at $2 trillion in purchasing power in the next uh, uh, couple of, of years. That is huge. That, you know, that's disposable income. People are going to, they have to uh, buy food. They, want, they, want, they need to buy a shelter, so home, or they need to rent. They need a car. They need schooling. They need education. They need health care services. They need to be entertained and so forth. And the other thing, factor is Latino families tend to be large intergenerational uh, inter, inter, uh, groups. So they make purchasing decisions and they travel together and they go and buy things together, et cetera, and all of them they have an opinion. If you don't know these elements and you're not able to connect with those individuals who are making decisions when they're purchasing a car or going to the supermarket to buy their groceries, that's, um, you're missing an opportunity to build a relationship first with that audience and second, develop a long-term uh, relationship as well uh, that is going to be mutually beneficial. So uh, my, my uh, recommendation is get someone in your organization or get someone outside of your organization that understands this market. At least get the basics. Understand what are the opportunities 
before you dismiss it as a as a marketing niche. No, that's great. And one point you made there that's huge for anybody listening is 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 not just shopping preference, but how shopping is done in groups and multi-generational for the shopping trip. I would argue that's a pretty unique characteristic nowadays that still um, holds true. A mom, a daughter, an aunt, they'll all go there. It could be a kid. There could be four generations shopping at the same time in the same store that are all going to have an opinion. You're right. They all have an opinion. <laughs> they all have an opinion. And God forbid if you do not take that in consideration. Let me, let me give an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even in the smaller, you know, the smaller of the family members can go, which sometimes they are the translators of the family, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they go to buy a car, let's say they go to buy a minivan at a car dealership, and the whole family, you can see the father, the kids, and the abuelitos, you know, the grandparents, coming together. And even if they have a tia, and if they have a tio, and they have mm-hmm. another friend that is a, and it's not a blood relative, but it's living in the household, they're all going to go. This is kind of like an outing. It's an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, go and buy and shop for a car, a minivan. Everybody's going to say something. The one is going to say, oh, I don't have enough room in the bank. I don't feel comfortable. Oh, I don't have where to connect my video games. It's going to be for the kids. Those, the, the final decision maker, which normally is the Latina woman, by the way, uh, there, you know, the man will be, may be doing a transaction, but the Latina woman is going to be the one that is going to say, you know what, though, this is the way we're going to come down. So you have to... Spoken like a true Puerto Rican woman. <laughs> absolutely. And, and if they lift that uh, eyebrow, you know, you're in trouble, right? <laughs> so if, if, if the, the car uh, salesperson doesn't pay attention to all those cues and doesn't address individual and look, doesn't look to them individually in their eyes, they are going to feel offended because they're being dismissed by the person because they're just focusing most likely on the men of the family. And that's the number one mistake that a lot of people in car dealerships do when family, Hispanic families go to shop for a car. So there you go. Wow, that's great. Lots, lots of great tips, lots of great things in this. Um, I could I could talk to you all day, like talking to uh, one of my family members, Mindy. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today and taking your time out to uh, speak to my audience and give them your tips on how to reach the Latin market and also why they should. Uh, so thank you. Uh, to the listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in. As always, again, if you are looking to become a published author or want to apply to become a contributor in one of my upcoming books, um, head on over to my website, moneymatterstoptips.com. Click on Become an Author and Apply. Uh, Appreciate all your time today, and thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Adam. And uh, I may uh, may follow up with you. I may have a couple of things to discuss with you so we can publish. (laughs) All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Oh, Mindy, wait, I forgot. What's your website so everybody can find you? Oh, (laughs) sorry. What's your website, please? Yes, you can uh, use uh, www.l2lmarketing.com or latin2latin.com marketing.com.